Father, that thy prayer for the Lord. prayer is like heaven come and Alice. Let heaven come in our nation. Let heaven come in the nations of the earth for As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here with us. I just want to encourage you wherever you are, God's presence is here with us. Not just in the generic sense of God's presence everywhere, but He's here. His spirit is here. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with them also. God's presence is here. If you're wondering where God is, God's presence is right here. As we encourage you to take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Breathe in the presence of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the righteousness of God. Breathe in the presence of God. Take a breath. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you can be seated. My name is Zach, and I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch Dallas. I'm so excited to see you. It's awesome that we're getting together together. It's great weather. Thank you, Lord, for this awesome weather. I'm so excited that you are here. We're going to be out on the parking lot every Sunday during the month of October. Lord willing, I'm out here gathered to worship and speak God together, to encounter the Lord together. So love that you're here today. Love to see you all month long. I hope is to move into inside of your sanctuary at the beginning of November. And that's Lord willing as we work toward that and believe for that. And I would love it if you are like, man, I'd be so excited for us to move in. Our church family has needs. We people to help us get inside ready again uh, with all these new COVID precautions and whatnot that we need to do. So I would love to ask you to volunteer to help uh, in that process. And if you are willing to serve a few weeks, we'll make that happen. You can go to Wilkinson after the service. Today we're going to be starting a new teaching series out of the book of Acts. Everybody say the book of Acts. The book of Acts. The book of Acts is written by the uh, Dr. Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke. It comes after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. And it tells the story, the 30-year history of the early church after Jesus ascended to the Father. And I think this is a timely word for us as a community. Because this year for all of us has been a major year of disruption. Life as we've known it has not been normal. And as I talk with people, I hear this common refrain over and over and over again. The feeling of being overwhelmed. A feeling of being weary, a feeling of being just like, I don't know what to do. I just kind of feel numb with everything that's gone on in the 10 months leading up to now. And we have another tumultuous six weeks in front of us with all the elections and all the chaos around that. And the reason why I believe the book of Acts is important is because the early church lived through a major time of disruption in their world. I love the Bible because the Bible is honest. It does not think life as you would hopefully be in peace life as it is. If you come from a dysfunctional family, you can find a ton of dysfunctional families in the page of the scripture. Pretty much anything you're going through, you can find an example of someone who's thinking something similar and has found God to be a faithful shepherd, like Johnny talked about, in the midst of the disruption. The early church, they lived through political pressures of all kinds. They lived through persecution. They lived through famine. They lived through earthquakes. They lived through fumes. They lived through someone that could even be martyred. They lived through being shipwrecked. They lived through all of these disruptions. So many things would take them off course.
shepherd to them in the need. But in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the disruption, they find Jesus to be faithful and good to them and to lead them through and to work through them in such a way that 2,000 years later, a group of people are gathered on a parking lot halfway around the world looking back at what God did in their life. And if you are a believer today, there is a high likelihood that your story of faith traces the truth back to someone in the book of Acts. So as we look at the book of Acts over the course of this month, we're looking at it because there's plenty of people who went through similar things and found Jesus to be a faithful shepherd. And we're going to read how Jesus helped them to say, in the story, through the story of what he was doing, and this kingdom to stay in there and not get divided, not get distracted, not get dismayed, but to stay in the story. And my hope is that this study as we go through will help us all to stay in the story, to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes aware of what his purposes are, and not to be distracted, not to be divided, not to be dismayed, but to stay locked in on him and his purposes for us. So over this month, we're going to be going through the book of Acts. I want to encourage you, after 28 chapters, take a chapter a day, starting tomorrow, and just read and bring along with the story. And this Sunday, we'll have a sermon from that week's meeting. And highlight one particular element or theme that stood out to us that we want to share with you. But I'd love for our whole community to stay in the story from going through the book of Acts together. Today we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, so if you have a Bible, open it up. I know you have a phone, so you can find one on your phone. Acts chapter 2, the portion of Scripture we're going to read, describes the early church, describes the way that they were doing life in Jerusalem, the way that Jesus had led them. And when Johnny shared his illustration at the beginning of the service about Jesus being a shepherd, that's one of the examples that Jesus uses to describe himself. And so I'm telling you this, I'm a good shepherd. Other examples that Jesus uses to describe God, one of those is that God is a master gardener. God is a gardener. So it's a different idea than a shepherd, but to me, it's the same idea. That God plants things and waters people and grows people and takes care of people. How many people out here are into gardening? Let me show you. You like to garden? We got a few. Don't be ashamed, put your hands up. I know it's a hipster trend to garden. You go through gardeners, right? My wife loves to garden. And Jesus describes God as a gardener. And we're going to read about one of the gardens that he built in the early church, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And it says this, Then, being the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. I want you to take note of that word saved. In the Greek, that word refers to not just salvation, but the right relationship with God. 
and it refers to rescue, to healing, to deliverance, to restoration, to people being made whole. This was the type of garden that the Lord was building in their midst. It was, it was transforming lives and bringing wholeness and restoration to people of all kinds and backgrounds. This was a transformational environment. This was a transformational garden. And then he shared in his illustration about Jesus picking us up like a good shepherd and carrying us. One of the big questions is, well, how do I actually experience that in my life? Because I know what it means to be weary. I know what it means to be tired. I know what it means to feel like I'm out of touch. How do I experience Jesus picking me up and putting me on his back? Or the shift metaphor is, how do I experience Jesus as the master gardener and receiving the life and nutrients and water that you and I need to be able to make it, to be able to thrive? We find one of the keys, if you're here today and you're tired, you're weary, you're overwhelmed, we're looking at one of the ways, one of the means that Jesus the shepherd, Jesus the gardener, steps into our world and provides the nutrition and care and water and sunlight and shade that you and I need to grow to the people that God has made us to be. For us to find the restoration, the healing, the deliverance, and the rescue that God desires to give to us, what can work through us in the community around us? So as we read about the early church, what I want you to think about is the church as soil. The church of good soil, a healthy local church like we read about right here, is the good soil that Jesus, the master gardener, has provided with the seeds with which he has planted within me, bloom and take life. They go deep and find strength that bear fruit for many. God does not plant trees. God plants seeds. God puts things inside of us. And then he invites us to come into this garden of the local church, into the soil of the local church. He said, I'm going to put my roots right here. I'm going to go deep right here. Right here, I'm going to find the nutrients that I need. Now, I'm not much of a wine person. I know some of you are wine connoisseurs. But in doing some research for this message, uh, I found out that the type of soil that a vineyard is planted in affects the fruit that comes out of the garden. I didn't know that. The nutrients in the soil, the way it takes water, the, all those types of things affect the flavor of the fruit that comes out. In fact, certain wine restaurants, I've never been to one as fancy as this, the restaurants I go to, the bottom line is red and white. That's about as complex as it gets. But certain wine restaurants have their menu divided by the type of soil that the wine comes from. It escapes the fruit that comes out. God desires to bring great fruit out of your life. God desires to make you fruitful. Jesus said, I come to give and to life. And the soil that you and I plant ourselves in drastically affects the fruit that comes out. God loves you so much that He wants to plant you in good soil, like we read about here, that brings about that salvation, that brings about that restoration, that brings about that healing, that brings about that being made whole for you and for our city. So let's go through and let's look at this passage of Scripture and see a little bit more in depth of what this church was like. 
It said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is so important for us. We live in a day where we devote ourselves to CNN or Fox News, to the political party, or to fear about all sorts of issues. They were devoted to God's Word. The place that they were filling their mind was not on social media feed, but it was in God's Word. That's the nutrients that they were taking in. That's the seed that God's planted in you is significant. It's significant and it needs to be fertilized. And it is not going to be fertilized by the forces of this world. It's going to be fertilized by God's Word. That's why they found us the way that Jesus, the Master Gardener, fed them. They were devoted to God's Word, like we're going through today. Lord, I'm encouraging you to be there every day that you I encourage you to be in God's Word more than you're in CNN. I encourage you to be in God's Word more than you're in Fox News. More than you're in Facebook, more than you're in Twitter, more than you're in Instagram, more than you're in TikTok, more than you're in YouTube. Fill in the blank. Like the nutrients that you need for the restoration that God has for you, the fruit that God has for you, the found is we're devoted to God's Word. Instead of there is devoted to fellowship, what this means is relationship. They were relationally devoted. We don't talk about that much anymore. Most of our relationships often are defined around convenience or what I might feel in a moment or what works for me or works for you. But in the church, we're a different type of community. Jesus is building a new humanity in the church, and it's meant to be a canvas to display His glory through the world. And the way in which that happens is when we devote ourselves to one another relationally. When I commit to you, and you commit to me, when we commit to one another, and we open up our lives to one another, we serve one another, we encourage one another, we rebuke one another when needed. We open up our lives and we're devoted relationally. It's the relationship in the local church where you will learn the way of wisdom. Young people, if you're thinking about uh, dating or a spouse, you don't need to go to the internet to find out what you need to know about dating. You don't need to go to a podcast by someone, some supposed expert, to find out. God's desire is that within the local church, that you would have spiritual mothers and fathers. People who don't have a relationship that lasts six months, but 60 years. They can tell you this is the way of wisdom walking in. Young business leaders, you don't need to be picked by external media sources that define you and tell you what's right and wrong. There are spiritual mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters within the local church to help you walk in the way of wisdom. And it's good for us to learn information and be exposed to a variety of sources. But there's a different level of devotion God has for us with the people that He's planted us with. With our relationship, people who you know and know you, people you can see their life and make it yours. But we find the nutrients that we need. So it can work in any way. But I'm talking about who is the one speaking with you, who are the people primarily shaping you that are devoted to relationships. It's they were devoted to the breaking of bread. Now we love this one. We love to eat together. Who loves to eat? Who loves to eat with people? They were devoted to meals. You know, something happens when you eat, they keep all the people. You got a wave on for a minute, 
way to go.
And one of our welcome home team will connect you with information on how to get connected here, and how to get connected here, and find the nutrients that God has for you, the relationships that God has for you, so you can go. And if you've been here a while, you thought, you know, your church home, I'm believing that today is just a day of renewal for us. It was said of Jesus that steal for his father's house, steal for the church, consume them, and put burn within him. It was his passion. He gave his life for the church. The church is the only organization that Jesus started. The church is God's family to reach and restore the world through the local church. And I want to pray for everyone here that's been a part of this house. That this will be a time, that today will be a day where the fatigue, the uh, overwhelming feelings, the apathy, all of that that we've been through, that we will find the Holy Spirit to renew us and to put fresh zeal in our hearts in the Lord's house. And that we will commit to be devoted to one another in a fresh way in this season. So if you bow your heads with me and just explain your deal. Jesus, we're so grateful that we have a shepherd. We're so grateful that we can have a garden who desires for life Thank you for the seeds that you planted in each of our lives. Thank you for the seed of the gospel that you're giving to us God, thank you for the provision of a local church, the soil in which we can plant, and the grow into all that you have called us to do. And I pray for all my friends here today. I pray that today that there will be a renewal in our hearts, there will be fresh zeal in our hearts for the gospel. There will be a fresh zeal in our hearts for your people. There will be a fresh zeal in our hearts for your prophecy. A fresh zeal in our hearts for the word of God. I pray that you would stir us up, God. That it would 